When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast on a Wednesday. Now, a little later today, but obviously we have good news. The schedule has been released by the Big 12. The plan, despite cancellations of the fall football season for the Big 10 and the Pac-12 yesterday, is to try and play on in the Big 12. Now, just moments ago, Jessica Cootie, Chad McKee, and Toby Rowland wrapped up a full schedule release show, so we'll go game by game for the Sooners and what it looks like coming up here in just a bit. Also moments ago, Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby met with the media and laid out the reasons behind deciding to go ahead and forge ahead for the Big 12. The board heard from doctors that have comprised our uh, conference medical committee uh, and have advised us over the, the past uh, months and weeks. We have uh, also assembled on a weekly basis a, uh, a representative group of, of doctors and researchers and scientists, uh, really uh, a, a star-studded group with some of the foremost uh, experts in this area uh, in in infectious diseases uh, in the entire world. And as Bob Bowlesby has consistently said, hey, you know, we, we've been told we can continue to play. No one has told us to stop. And so in that, the Big 12 will continue moving towards a season in the fall. Nothing guaranteed yet. 
Don't don't go tearing down goalposts yet. Continue to wear your mask, socially distance, keep your social circle small, stay home if you can. Uh, but for now, the Big 12 is moving forward, and they heard and listened to their student-athletes. What we've heard from our student-athletes is they'd like to play, but they want to make sure it's safe. Uh, they want to know what the eligibility implications are, and they want to know that their financial aid is secure. And um, we have uh, made every attempt to answer those things. And then finally, they will be continuing their rigorous testing to keep things as accurate as possible. We need to do a rigorous uh, testing regimen. Um, we, we know that uh, there can be complications with this virus, and so uh, positives have to be dealt with very carefully. And uh, follow-up and, and return to play has to be uh, carefully managed. So one of the big changes, there's uh, much more from Bob Bowlesby. We'll bring you a, a lot of that on Friday's pod. But the enhanced COVID testing will include three tests per week in high-contact sports like football, volleyball, and soccer. Additionally, return-to-play protocols after positive occurrences will include an EKG. Now, this is over the concerns over myocarditis, which is a heart ailment that many think can be uh, exasperated with the concerns of of COVID-19 and its long-term effects. But just to kind of give you an idea, they will also have a treponin, and this is a word, by the way, thanks to my man John Cherry on Twitter, at Sooner Fan with two wins, who helped me better understand how to properly uh, pronounce that. They will have treponin uh, testing that will take place as well. So you'll have an EKG. You will have a treponin blood test, an echocardiogram, echocardiogram, easy for me to say, and cardiac MRI. So in other words, the heart concerns, they're going to go above and beyond to make sure that things are safe for those who have tested positive. So good news for now. Let's hope we can continue on this path as the Sooners have a schedule. So what does that schedule look like? We'll hear from the Sooner Sports TV crew, Jess, Chad McKee, Toby Rowland, coming up here in just a bit. But first, before we do that, I want to remind you that the Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you in part by AT&T. AT&T is America's best network. Academy Sports and Outdoors is the preferred sporting goods retailer of Oklahoma Athletics. Metroplex Electric, we can be your electrician. And Express Employment Professionals, a premier workforce management provider to Sooner Nation. To find a job or make your next hire, visit Express, ExpressPros.com. September 12th. The projected start date, Oklahoma and Missouri State. Jessica, Chad, and Toby break it down for us here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. On Monday evening, the conference announcing that they will pursue playing football this fall and this morning, releasing the revised schedules for the conference for the 9 plus 1 
model. Hi, everyone, and we welcome you into the Sooner Schedule Release Reaction Show brought to you by AT&T. I'm Jessica Cootie, joined by the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland, and Sooner Sports TV's Chad McKee. Guys, hot off the press. Let's get right to it. Here is what that updated schedule looks like for the Oklahoma Sooners. S still scheduled for the season opener currently is Missouri State on September 12th and then Big 12 play will open up September 26th at home with Kansas State coming to Norman October 3rd at Iowa State and the Red River showdown remains on October 10th down in Dallas followed by a bye week on October 17th, October 24th to TCU in Fort Worth. How about Halloween in Lubbock at Texas Tech on October 35th, on October 31st, and then November 7th, Kansas back at home in the Palace, and then another bye week on November 14th. Oklahoma State Bedlam on November 21st at West Virginia on November 28th. And Baylor on December 5th with the Big 12 title game scheduled for December 12th. So a uh, lot to dive into, guys, here. But, Toby, your initial reaction to this to this schedule? I think my initial reaction is how great is it to have a schedule, right? right? I mean, we're, we're digesting this, and there's a lot to notice, and we're going to talk about some changes and some home-and-away uh, shifts and all that kind of thing. But the conversation for the last four or five months has been about something else, and we don't need to get into that now. But just the fact that we're talking about a schedule and hopefully it happens like this is so refreshing. Uh, Chad, the thing that I guess that jumps out to me is a lot has changed mm -hmm. from yeah. what we thought the schedule was going to look like. Baylor was going to be the first game. Now it's mm -hmm. the last for OU. And then there is a significant amount of time Oklahoma is going to be away from Owen Field. They're going to play a home game in their conference opener on the 26th of September against Kansas State and won't be home again until November 7th. So, mm. and that's Kansas. So not a single home game in the month of October. That's six consecutive weeks without a game at Owen Field. Um, uh, that That's astonishing. And then they'll close with three or four at home. But um, this is fun. It's great to finally see some names on the paper. How big a deal is releasing a schedule? Typically, eh, it's a press release. You kind of look at it and make your plans. We're doing a television show because of a <laughs> schedule release. And I don't think that happens very often, at least not in college football, NFL, NBA, perhaps that's going to happen. I'm with you. First thing you think of is we don't know what stadiums are going to look like. Again, this is strictly about a schedule. We have no details for fans, for the stadium, for any of those plans. But what we do know is you will have a first-year quarterback behind center, and at least for his first two games, he's going to be at home as it stands right now. Missouri State, as you said, Jessica, scheduled for September the 12th, and then you've got Kansas State, a team that actually won eight games a year ago. You know, you, you knew coming into the year there's, there's so much unpredictability already because five of the nine other coaches in the Big 12 Conference, think about that, five of the nine other coaches are either in their first or second season. So 
there's already that unknown element in that we still don't know what a lot of these teams are going to look like and what they're all about. But I think it's nice you begin the season, Missouri State and Kansas State, two teams that, uh, you know, you will have a, a pretty good advantage over, you would think. And That's, that's a revenge game, though, against, against K-State, Chad. They yeah. got them up yeah. in Manhattan last year. They did, and, and, and that's a team, and, and Chris Kleiman will have a returning uh, starting quarterback as well. Um, you know, remember, they went to the Liberty Bowl last year. They'll have Skylar Thompson back at quarterback. He'll be a four-year starter. So, yes, it's difficult, but all things considered, you look at some of the other possibilities that you could have had for a first-time quarterback going out there, it's not a bad deal. It'll be a good test. Don't get me wrong in a, in a game that will be difficult because Kansas State won that game up in Manhattan a year ago. But still, manageable, I guess, is what I'm saying. And, and you're right. Remember the hunt for Red October, the 2000 National Championship team? Well, this hunt for a championship will be all on the road for the Sooners during the month of October. Uh, I, I think what I do like is where Texas and Oklahoma State fall. Texas and Oklahoma State are teams that are going to be right up there vying for a conference championship. Texas with Sam Ellinger coming back, Oklahoma State with all their firepower, Spencer Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, Tylen Wallace on the offensive side of the ball. You get them a little bit later in the season when you've had a chance to get your feet wet just a little bit, Jessica. Yeah, and guys, obviously over the last several weeks since the football team returned back to campus. A lot of national attention has been put on Oklahoma and how they've kind of handled all of the protocols leading up to this. And the Big 12 also announcing that statement, uh, releasing a statement that, you know, it is all about the welfare and the health of the student athletes. You know, they continue to believe that that must guide all decisions, the health and well-being. And to that end, the board has consistently relied on the advice of counsel of top medical experts to determine the viability of available options. Our student athletes want to compete, and it is the board's collective opinion that sports can be conducted safely and in concert with the best interests of their well-being. We will remain vigilant in monitoring the trends and effects of COVID-19 as we learn more about the virus. If at any point our scientists and doctors conclude that our institutions cannot provide a safe and appropriate environment for our participants we will change course they have also committed to additional testing they are going to uh, include three tests per week in high contact sports like football volleyball and soccer and the return to play protocols after positive occurrences will include an EKG a blood test a echocardiogram cardiac MRI so the testing is there guys and that is a big thing to note here yes we are talking football we are talking the schedule release but Again, if anything kind of goes off course here, they are committed to keeping these athletes completely healthy and safe in the, all of these situations, Chad. Yeah, Jessica, and, and this is near and dear to, to mine and Toby's hearts. We have, we have kids who are in college, who are, who are on these campuses. So obviously as parents are concerned, then you, you get the secondary nature of this, which is intercollegiate athletics. How safe can the athletes that we all cover and are around every day be? I say applaud the Big 12. Bob Bowlesby, uh, Athletic Director Joe Castiglione, and the other ADs in the Big 12. There has been so much public pressure from the outside. Hey, we want to know something, and we have to know things now. We need to make plans, all these sorts of things. But they did not cave into that. They were very measured. They were very calculated. They consulted with all the proper medical professionals. And all of the conference members have gotten on the same page with this. I think that's what's important. Three tests per week. A uniform protocol now for all institutions within the Big 12 Conference. And I think they will continue to evaluate things. Joe Castiglione has said from day one, this is unprecedented. 
It continues to be. So you continue to evaluate things, but the important thing was take that first step, get everybody agreeable to the protocol that all the schools will align with. And all of the non-conference opponents, remember the Big 12 has gone with a, for all the schools, it is a nine-game conference schedule and then one non-conference opponent. Any non-conference opponents that these teams schedule will have to agree to the protocol that the Big 12 is holding itself to, or you're not going to be able to play them. So I think that's important to note out of all of this, but I applaud the league. They did not try to be knee-jerk in their reaction. They've been measured, that they have studied things, and these are the conclusions they have reached, understanding that it's still a situation that is evolving with, with every hour and every day, Toby. An unbelievable 48 hours that we've just experienced in collegiate athletics. And um, I, I'm with you, Chad. I think it is important to note that what the Big 12 is saying here is not that we are playing this fall no matter what. They are mm -hmm. saying, for now, we're going to continue down the same path that we're on. We're not ready to do what the Big 12 or Big 10 and Pac-12 have done which is punt to the spring. That possibility still exists. If uh, testing does not go well or if things go right or if the medical professionals step in and say it's not safe. But for now, they're going to continue down this path and we've got a schedule to shoot for. Uh, I think you mentioned something else that's very important. Throughout this, not everybody has been following the same protocols across the country. They've all been doing testing and in different ways, different amounts. The Big 12 is getting all on the same page here. Three times a week, we're upping it. You, you have to test three times a week. That's a lot. That's a heavy expense, by the way. And the heart testing is uh, very interesting here that they're implementing. And I think you're going to see this also uh, by the SEC and ACC. If you test positive before you get back on the field, before you know part of the protocols to get back on the field is you have to go through heart testing which obviously has become uh, a talking point in recent days after what happened up at indiana so they're trying their best i mean these are never before walked uh paths the, this is a situation that that universities have never been through before that the we as a country haven't been through before like this and uh, they're trying to make the best decisions they can in real time. And as of right now, they feel it's safe to go forward. Things could change. I think one other thing to point out, Jess, if you'll let me, there are three bye weeks built into this schedule. Yep. After the opener against Missouri State, after the Texas game in Dallas on October 17th, and November 14th, right before Bedlam, there could potentially be a fourth bye week if they decide to move the Big 12 championship game back a week. So they've given, the Big 12 has given their institutions a little bit of flexibility here, more than normal, if things need to be moved around. If there's an outbreak, if one team feels like they can't field a squad that week or for whatever reason a game needs to be moved, there are more bye weeks than normal to allow for that, there are more bye weeks than normal to get your own house taken care of if you need to. So I think it's a good plan. And, you know, that's, that's what we need right now is at least a good plan, and we'll go for it, and hopefully everything will stay on track. 
Yeah, and, and got to be exciting for these players to actually see it put on paper. And, you know, they started practice. They opened up training camp July 31st. They were practicing for about a week, and then uh, Lincoln Riley postponed it uh, for a week last week but or this week. But just seeing that opponent on the schedule, and it has changed. It, it changes things. It changes how you prepare. You, you start preparing for these opponents during training camp. So how big is that to actually – see those opponents and who you guys will be playing coming up here in the opening weeks, Toby. That's a good point. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting, you know, as you break it down, two of, of potentially, if you look at that Big 12 preseason ranking, Chad, two mm -hmm. of the top three teams uh, were, or two of the top four teams were Iowa State and Texas. You get them right off the bat here. Mm -hmm. And then the other two are the closing kick. You've got Bedlam moved back now to November time of year we're a little bit more used to it being congratulations chad you've got west virginia in morgantown on november 28th <laughs> so thanksgiving in the hills of west virginia again let's get we some more snow of, yeah we've done that yeah, a couple been, of times been there and another blizzard yeah. <laughs> yeah and then and then baylor you know and instead of getting them uh under a new head coach right off the bat Oh, mm -hmm. Dave Aranda takes over when they haven't had a spring and maybe they didn't have everything figured out. Now you get them at the end when maybe they do and a brewer can stay healthy. They've got experience, so it's a tough closing kick, I think, as well. Yeah, it is. And, and, and then we, we talk about how tough the schedule is up top with Iowa State and Texas. You know, Brock Purdy coming back for Iowa State, Sam Ellinger. You talk about returning quarterbacks. That's an important thing. And you've got two opponents right there in your first four that will have two of the best, if not the two best, returning quarterbacks in the Big 12. And Brock Purdy of Iowa State and then Sam Ellinger of Texas. The Sooners know all about him. And then the closing kick with... Oklahoma State and last year's fly in the ointment, the Baylor Bears, who the Sooners were able to tackle a couple of times, once in Waco and once in the Big 12 championship game. And oh, by the way, in between, you've got a month where you're playing away from the Palace on the Prairie. So not the easiest schedule to dive into, but it's a schedule. And it's great to just be able to sit and look at a schedule at this point. Maybe there are changes down the road. Who knows what's going to evolve eventually. I just think you, you have to applaud them for being able to put something on paper. We all like to have a goal, something to shoot for. And Jessica, as you said, now the Sooners have that. They have a target date for when they need to be ready. It remains to be seen how they will adjust the uh, summer preseason practice schedule because, as you said, they had convened for four or five practices before Lincoln Riley gave them some time away, scheduled to be back this weekend. But now they'll be able to finalize exactly what they want that preseason practice schedule to look like because they have some dates on paper, some targets that they need to shoot for. So they'll be able to firm some things up and hopefully keep everything on course and, and headed in the right direction. Absolutely. Well, guys, uh, we appreciate your time. Fun conversation as we're actually getting to talk football and upcoming schedule. And again, this remains evolving. The Big 12 is going to continue to keep a tab on this and, and see how things evolve as we move along. But for now, we have a schedule. We're planning on pursuing football in the upcoming season with the Big 12 Conference. Thank you guys so much for watching. For Chad McKee and Toby Rowland, I'm Jessica Cootie. And keep it right here on Soonersports.com and Soonersports.tv as we lead you up to kickoff with the Oklahoma Sooners. Good stuff from the crew. Again, that schedule is updated right now at Soonersports.com. That's Soonersports.com on the football page. There are not start times for any of the games yet, but we know on September 12th, the Sooners are scheduled to open against Missouri State and Norman. 
They'll play then Kansas State in two weeks on September 26th in Norman. And then Oklahoma will be away from Norman until November. So they'll battle Iowa State in Ames on October 3rd. Texas in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl on October 10th. October 24th will be in Fort Worth for TCU. And then October 31st, I almost said Hawaii, Halloween in Lubbock. Finally, the Sooners will take on Kansas when they return back home on November 7th. Oklahoma State on November 21st. A quick trip out to Morgantown on the 28th. And then back home for the season finale against Baylor on December 5th. Again, uh, all schedule information online right now at Soonersports.com. So how did we get here? Why did the Big Ten and Pac-12 decide to wait until the spring? Ross Dellinger has covered this intently, intently with an intense nature, maybe a better way to say this, uh, from Sports Illustrated. He's coming up here in moments. Had a chance to talk to him on my radio show, but I'll bring that to you here in just a second. First, the Sooner Sports Podcast is presented in part by Chick-fil-A. Even in these uncertain times, your Chick-fil-A restaurants are here to serve you. Dining rooms are closed, but where possible, you can still order from the drive-thru, the Chick-fil-A app, or from DoorDash. If you're interested in taking your passion for OU athletics to a new level, experience the best game day experiences while supporting scholarships for nearly 600 student athletes, then you need to join the Sooner Club today. Customizable options are available by calling 405-325-8000. Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you by Mercy. At Mercy, your life is our life's work. And Cruise In Auto Spa. All full services are back open, and we disinfect everything as we go and before we give it back to you. Need an oil change? Cruise in Auto Spa will take care of you. You don't even have to leave your car. We're also offering free exterior washes for any healthcare worker. Cruise in Auto Spa. All right, let's catch up with Ross Dellinger, Sports Illustrated college football writer who's been all over the story of the season right now on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Ross, how close was it, you think, for the – by the way, first of all, thanks for joining us, man. I almost feel bad having you on because I'm sure your phone's blown up, but we appreciate the time you give us. Uh, how close was it last night? I mean, was there ever a, a possibility the Big 12 saying, hey, it's just uh, – it's too tenuous, it's too dangerous, let's just go ahead and, and, and shut it down like the Big 10 and the Pac-12? Was that ever a possibility last night? I, I think so. I, I think they entered the day pretty split, uh, among the ADs and, and maybe the presidents as well. Uh, you know, you like to think that whatever the ADs recommendations are, the presidents listen, but that doesn't always happen. Uh, although I do think that uh, they were, they were split somewhat, somewhat in a group, you know, a small group wanted uh, to, um, to cancel the season. Uh, a small group wanted to, to play on. And then I think there was a larger group that kind of wanted to delay um maybe uh, postpone, uh, which we're going to see a schedule on a drop later today. So they came together and they, they got, I think, a 90-minute uh, presentation from the medical board. And there was some vig- vigorous debate uh, during that time, I think. It kind of went back back and forth. I think some felt things weren't safe enough. Others felt they were. So, sure, you know, it. it uh, I think it could have swung the other way. However, I think it's too early, I guess, you know, you know to, to pull the trigger, so to speak. You know, the, the, uh, you hear that from the SEC and the ACC as well and some of the group of five leagues that are still in it. It's just we've still got time, they say, to, to make a decision, even though we're about a month out from the season. So they're going to kind of kick the can down the road a little bit. But, but after they did have that debate with the medical staff, uh, I think the ADs, 
you know, recommended things to the presidents, and they decided to, uh, I don't know if there was an official vote or anything for the presidents, but they decided to to move forward with things. But it, it, it was, it was a little, uh, I think there was some, some debate in the room for sure. Hey, so, Ross, before we continue on with the Big 12, let's look back. I, I don't know, were you covering LSU during realignment? Um, because it, it seemed like some of the stuff that was going on Sunday and Monday with different reports out there and you having to sift through what was legit and what wasn't had to be enraging. But in that same vein, and they, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 inevitably came to what was being talked about, which was a cancellation of their season. <clears throat> what led to this now? What led to this now and why? I uh, I was on the LSU beat, uh, not quite during realignment. I got there a little after, probably the, the year after realignment. I got there. I was covering Mizzou though at the time ah, of realignment. Okay. So, <laughs> so I was even more in the middle of of that. And my first year covering Mizzou was their first year in the SEC. So, um, so yeah, I, I was kind of in the middle middle of some of that stuff uh, then. But the weekend was. Uh, was frustrating. Yes, the last few days have been frustrating because, you know, we came out with, uh, I think ESPN had it seconds uh, before us, but uh, ours, I think, was probably the strongest report, uh, you know, saying that the Big Ten was um, going to cancel the season and they were engaging other, pop co- other Power Five conferences to do the same. And when we reported that on Sunday, you know, we obviously we took, uh, we took a lot of heat, let's just say, um, uh, from from the reporting, and then Monday when you had this swell of support um, bubble up, you kind of thought that wow they might backtrack, you know the Big Ten might backtrack, and thus uh, the Pac-12 would backtrack, you know, and you thought it might happen. And in as a fan of college football, you wanted it to happen in a way, but clearly as we had reported on Sunday, they had made up their minds, and I, I think it had been coming for a few days we had heard it even mid to early last week that the, the big 10 even when it announced its schedule i remember i think it was two hours after the big 10 announced its schedule on whenever that was tuesday or wednesday last week uh i had uh i'd gotten a text from somebody said i don't think the big 10's all in you know so it, it was pretty clear that they had been thinking about it for a little while and i, I think the big thing that kind of came up is what we wrote about Sunday morning, uh, you know, ESPN story got a little more pub uh, on Monday after they followed us with the story. But it's the heart issues. Uh, it is it is the heart, uh, the inflammation and the enlargement um, that this virus causes, even in young, healthy athletes. And that felt like the final straw with a few college football leaders, uh, namely, obviously, those in the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Well, okay, and then one more, one more final thought on that before we do focus on now moving forward. I, I noticed Kevin Warren taking a lot of heat, and, I mean, let's face it, Larry Scott has taken heat from day one. But at the end, this isn't their decisions. I mean, this was the presidents coming together. Do either commissioner deserve some heat over making this decision now, or are they just doing the president's job? Well, I mean, I think the presidents uh, run – run the organization, obviously, run the conference. The commissioner oversees them. I think the commissioner, certain commissioners have probably more power than others, um, I think. But right. I, I, I do I do believe that it all comes down to the president. But there are leagues where if the commissioner wants something, the president usually go along with it. 
Um, there are also leagues where if the presidents want something, the commissioner goes, you know, it's a, it's a tit for tat kind of um, relationship. So I think really it all comes down to most leagues. It all comes down to the, the, the feeling among the presidents, you know, and then that there's a trickle down there because, or a trickle up, you might say, because ADs obviously recommend them, recommend them, uh, give them recommendations on what they feel like in, a lot of times the ADs work with the commissioners as well. So it's a kind of a, a uh, it's, it's kind of like a three, three uh, way thing there, you know, with the ADs, the presidents in the commissioner, they all supposed to work together, but obviously sometimes it doesn't always, that isn't always the case. With that in mind, going forward now, we still have some pitfalls and some potential speed bumps. Uh, we're getting a schedule that's leaking out as we're sitting here chatting. But, Ross, are you feeling more and more confident that at the very least we're going to get fall football with the Big 12, SEC, and ACC? And uh, I know the Conference USA is meeting here in a, just a little bit. Uh, I truly understand what's going on in the AAC, and obviously you've had other group of five teams that have moved forward. What's your confidence level right now that come mid-September we will be playing football? Oh. Well, I, you know, I, I've been thinking for a while that we'll start a football season. However, finishing or completing a football season seems like by the day it's getting more and more difficult. So I, I think we'll start, um, but that even that percentage seems to be dropping pretty quickly. Um, so, you know, but it's starting is certainly easier than completing a season. Completing a season just seems such like a big obstacle. There's so many hurdles in the way potential interruptions, um, it's it's, it's going to be tough. It is. Two quick ones. I'll let you get out of here. What do you think was the tipping point for the Big 12 last night to say, all right, let's go ahead and let's let's move forward? Is, is it the medical information they continue to receive? I, what the, I think the, uh, the big decision for Big 12 ADs was the risk-taking. You know, so it's the risk of playing in a pandemic, the uncertainty risks of playing in a pandemic versus the risks of not playing uh, on your students, which is like mental health and the structure and all, all that other stuff that comes with playing a season. So I, I think the latter won over, but certainly there's concern, as I mentioned earlier, about the medical issues and, and they were given an update and, Hey, things are, I'll be honest, I mean, it, it feels like things are hanging by a thread in the Big 12. I mean, that, that's how it feels. I mean, they are, there was vigorous debate yesterday, and you know, I'm sure be monitoring the, the, the uh, medical advice and all the health and safety and, and all that, the advancements in testing. But it, it, it feels like, um, it, it really does feel like that they, they are, um, still very split in a lot of ways. So it, it'll, it'll be interesting to watch that one, kind of monitor that one over the next few days, weeks. One place where we know they're not split, Nebraska. They want to play. They've made it very clear. <laughs> I don't understand the rules of trying to shift the conference if you can, if you're mad about things, but where do you see this ending? How does this thing wrap up with Nebraska? Do they still try to play on? I, it would be so hard. I mean, they're contractually obligated to, um, to to be with their conference, you know, and so it's it's 
it's really hard for a team to kind of break apart and play, do their own thing. And you saw Kevin Warren, I think he told Yahoo Sports, like, well, if they want to be part of the Big Ten, they won't be playing, basically. So I, I doubt that really happens. I think there is a lot of passion and emotion early on. I'm sure that will die away at some point. Uh, but for sure, uh, there are – they they want to play, you know, and, and uh, I, I just – I don't see how they can do it contractually. You know, they are committed to the league. That's pretty strong stuff from Scott Frost, though, wasn't it? I don't know if I've seen a – uh, uh, coach, and I liked watching the video. You can kind of see his mind. He's thinking about it. He's like, yeah, I'm going to say it. I don't know if I've seen as strong of a of a rebuke of something as, as Scott Frost and then Nebraska's coordinated effort. That was, dare I say, impressive, Ross. It was. It, it was. They are. Uh, they, they were the only ones to release a statement uh, condemning uh, the the uh, ruling by the by the Big Ten president. So that's quite a bold statement. And obviously, the uh, vote yeah. was you know, 13 to one, probably it seems that way anyway. Hey, Oh, by the way, do you have a date circled? I, I, I love asking this question and I don't know if I've ever really got an answer, but is there a drop dead date? Now you mentioned big 12 things might be a little bit tenuous, even though we're getting the schedule. Are we looking at maybe two weeks from today, maybe into September where you say it's either go or it's no go. I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a really a date. I think what we're more so watching is when students come back and then when camps gotcha. start getting going around the nation, the spikes, you know, so a late August, early September, certainly monitoring that time stretch when you have all the students on campus and all these players colliding against one another. Thanks to Ross. Thanks to Bob Bowlesby. Thanks to Jess, Chad, and Toby. Here's what's on tap on the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by OG&E Power at the Speed of Life. Tomorrow night on the Classic Game broadcast, we continue to look back on the best moments of 2019 and twenty. As Sherry Cole goes for a win number 500 in a wild comeback in Lawrence as Oklahoma rallies to beat Kansas. That's tomorrow. And then on Saturday, the Austin Reeves game. That's right, OUTCU from earlier this year as we look back on the best of 2019-2020. And speaking of Austin Reeves, Jessica Cootie catches up with the Sooner standout as part of our Friday podcast. That's What's on Tap, presented by OG&E. Power at the speed of life. The schedule is there. The Big 12 is forging ahead. We'll continue nonstop coverage as we count down to the start of the college football season right here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Have a great rest of your Wednesday and rest of your week. And Boomer Sooner, everybody. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.